0: Sabbath Church. It is such a privilege to be in the house of God. After a week of challenges buffeted on either side, we are here in the house of God to get a word from God, to be get a healing from God. So be welcomed welcome one and all to be here for those viewing online you are welcome to this woman's ministry emphasis day let us pray gracious loving lord we thank you we surrender all aspects of our lives to you this morning we say lord cleanse us fill us use us oh lord For your name's honor and glory, for all the proceedings of this worship discussion this morning, let your face be seen, let your words be heard, and prepare us as a people to meet you in the air when you come again. That is our prayer in Jesus' name. The title for this morning's sermon is Prayer, Praise, and Victory. And the scripture reading that we will focus on is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now, I must say, the title for the woman's emphasis is on, I lost my brother, is connections. So if you feel so impressed, turn to the neighbor next to you and say, God loves you. And so do I. (laughs) Amen. Amen. We call each other's brothers and sisters. Let us make that title a meaningful title. You know, I will say, when I worked in case management, sometimes we would have some patients that lived alone. And it was difficult when it came time to discharge them because they said, I have no one. And we would say, What about your community? What community are you connected to? Are you a part of a church? Brothers and sisters, I call you sister. I call you brother. Let us have intentional, meaningful connections with each other. That if you hurt, we pray. If you have someone in the hospital, we pray. Not only pray, but we fill in the gaps as brothers and sisters do. We saw this morning the unfortunate event of this, um, our sister um, falling and we are praying for her for that she will have a really good outcome and a speedy healing in Jesus' name. Before I begin to talk about this um, topic, let me give you some context. The context is Jehoshaphat. Or was the king of Judah. Now many of us will find that we're a little put off by reading the Old Testament because you have these difficult to pronounce names, Jehoshaphat and Ahaziah, and you know, and so on. So when I am reading it for myself, I call him, he's my King J. So <laughs> King J, Jehoshaphat, meant the name meant Yahweh is judge. Or has judged. And I want to give the context because Jehoshaphat is a real person. He reigned in Judah between 870 to 849 BC. He, he was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 25 years. And context is important because, you know, nowadays some people discount the Bible. It's just stories. This is an event that really took place. So this morning... We will examine 2 Chronicles to hear from the Bible. What the Bible says about navigating through painful times, anticipating and preparing for God's soon return. Now, I will start with this. Now, it's Women's Ministry Day and many of us women our mothers have gone through the childbearing experience and we know during pregnancy your body changes it is a time of change right Nicole it's a time of change (laughs) your body enlarges with the growing fetus and some of us walk awkwardly and you can't sleep in your usual position and so on but it's a time of change during this time of change what do you do You prepare the nursery and you buy those cute little baby clothes because you're anticipating the beautiful birth. And as we get to the time of delivery, we all know delivery pains is not easy to go through. It's a painful journey, right? But when that baby is born that cute little one, when that baby is born, we say hallelujah. The community comes together, the family comes together, or connections come together, and we are joyful at the birth of the baby. Now, many of us are going through trying times, and we've come here this morning to get a glimpse of hope. What does God say about my journey? What does God say about my experience? What am I really supposed to be doing during this time? So let's get right into the word and hear the story of Jehoshaphat. It begins in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 and I'm using the NLT version. And a ver- I'm going to read in your hearing verses 1 through 3. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Munites, otherwise known as the Edomites, declared war on Jehoshaphat. Now, we just heard the sounding of the, the horn. That is a battle horn, as our pastor explained. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified. Now, if I pause right there for a moment, if you were to hear that a vast army is coming towards you, the human response, you are frightened. What am I going to do? And some of us pace when we are worrying and we're wondering what to do and we walk back and forth. And I can just imagine the human context. He would have his commanders around him and he would be strategizing their three armies. This one is coming from here. The other one is coming from there. How, what can, how can we shore ourselves up? Now, many of us similarly are going through challenging times. We have the salary that's capped right here and we have a a mortgage that's going high or mortgage rates are higher. We have a rent that is due. We have the car suddenly breaks down. We have someone in the hospital and we are beside ourselves and we're worrying. But this morning, we are going to transform our minds to see what God says. Okay. So. In these situations, We see Ukraine. Right. In a war. The city would be destroyed. Right Angela. The city would be destroyed. Many would die. The buildings would be destroyed. So he really had cause for worry. Now. As mentioned. Crises can come from any forms. It could be disease. It could be death. It could be job loss. It could be cancer diagnosis. It could be fears of climate change. It could be food scarcity. A lot of things are looming around. It could be, you know, if you read the news long enough, you really, you know, they're talking about a civil war. They're talking about possibilities of all kinds of horrible things. So... In the human context, I could say, well, if you're having financial problems, okay, let's strategize. Get a financial analyst here. Get a medical doctor. Get a counselor. Get a, you know, listen to how others went through their journey and take tips from it. And if you're an academia you could say, look at research, evidence-based research, and you'll find some kernel that you can apply to your situation. But, brothers and sisters, we are here in church. And as I repeat, we're going to look at what God says. Now, it says that there are three primary sources through which a crisis can come. One, as revealed in John 16, verse 33. What does it say there, brothers? We all know the text. In this world, we will have trouble. We will have crises. We will have difficult, challenging situations. But what God says, and that's what we're anchoring on this morning, be of good cheer. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Our focus is on God. The second source of our challenge is Is that we are sinful by nature. We are shaped in sin and iniquity. So Jeremiah 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So inside of us, except the blood of God cleanses us and washes us clean. We have deceit. It's in the Bible, guys. We have deceit. There is covetousness. There is greed. There are ugly things that we need the precious Lord in our lives for. The third source is comes from spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Now, after we've seen the three sources, do I hear amen that we need God? Amen. Amen. We surely do need God. So what lessons can we learn now through the Jehoshaphat's journey? And I go back to verse 3. We talked about him being terrified, but I'll read it. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. And what was his response? He begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now we see... The first response he used, he sought the Lord. He said, he sought the Lord and begged the Lord for guidance. So he used God as his primary battle planner. Now, his second approach was prayer, prayer, prayer. Now I'm going to pause on this because the prayer that I'm talking about is not the casual prayer where you just say, For health and strength and daily food, we pray to your name, O Lord, amen. And you start eating. Or the prayer when we're running through the door in the morning and we say, God bless us this day in Jesus' name, amen. And you're done. That's not the type of prayer, that casual prayer I'm talking about. The type of prayer I'm talking about is the prioritized, dedicated, fervent prayer where you come to the Lord at a specific time. You meet your God and you say, not only do I want to hear from the Lord, but I want God to know me and I want to be known by God. We see in verse 9 that they said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, We can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear and rescue us. The Bible is full of a lot of promises that if we claim these promises, come to know these promises, we will find relief from many of our challenges. So let's talk a little more about prayer. And we see here in our Steps to Christ um, on Prioritize Prayer where Ellen White says prayer is an opening of the heart to God as a friend. So we know you cannot have victory if you don't pray. Prayer is the key to unlock the rich resources of heaven. To provide us power and victory. Prayer gives us access to this great almighty God. When we pray. Prayer pushes the darkness of evil out of our life. Because you see we've already spoken about the fact that we have a spiritual warfare. God is the one who can fight our battles in spiritual warfare. God also says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. When my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. But it's important also to understand who it is that we're praying to. Many people don't. They think that their strategy, they're bright, they're intelligent, they're well-educated, and they can strategize out of every situation, but they don't realize who is it we are praying to. Now, if we were to think that we're going to a mighty, powerful human, you know, you're going to see the president or you're going to see, you know, we would, oh, he has all the power. He can navigate. But let me tell you about my God. When we pray to God, we are praying to the God who parted the Red Sea. We are praying to the God who raised Lazarus from the dead. We are praying to the God that the woman touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. We are praying to the God to the man who was born blind and he was made to see. We are praying to the God with the man who had mental illness and his mind was restored in his rightful mind. That's the God we are praying to. So we need to have a transformed mind that we prioritize prayer because God is a God who made all of us here. God is a God who hanged the stars in the sky. God is a God of the universe. Now tell me, won't you pray? I say amen. I say regardless of what situation, personal, painful, private journey that you may be going through, regardless of what challenges you have in your life, I say pray on. The reason is many of us pray and we pray for a short time and we don't see the answer and we tend to give up. But I will encourage you this morning to don't give up. Keep pressing on. Some things may not be even answered in your lifetime. But God hears. A story I love dearly in the Bible is called the importunate widow. Where she, she, she really pressed on this judge and he said, let me just give her what she wants before she wears, wears me down. Keep praying fervent prayer dedicated prayer have a time in the morning when you meet god have a time like a a relationship where your husband and wife date night where you meet god and you pray that is the source of all our, our power that is the source of where we get victory So we go on and we look at Jehoshaphat's prayer through verses 4 through 12. And one thing that stands out in verse 12, it says, he says here, we are powerless against this great army that is about to attack us. Second thing he said is, we do not know what to do. Have you ever been in situations where it's coming after you and you realize, as Jamaicans will say, me can't handle this, this too much. (laughs) You know, you are powerless against this situation. You have no skills dealing with this situation. I don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's our God. He's our father. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our help. He's our guide. And I could go on and on and he will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Another thing is strength comes in connections as the woman's ministry is focusing on. Because when the answer so Jehoshaphat prayed, he gathered all of Judah to pray and fast with him. And then the spirit of the Lord came, not in Jehoshaphat, it came on Jehaziel. In verse 14, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael. Didn't I tell you these names are hard to pronounce? (laughs) The son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the middle of the assembly. So we are assembled here. And the Spirit, guys, we've got to believe God is real. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel. And what does he say? Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says Do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by the mighty army for the amen the battle is not ours not yours but God's I take great comfort in that I I don't know about you but I take great great comfort in that I can go to Abba God I can say God I have no power I don't know what to do but I look to you, and by looking to you comes my answer. Now, why do I say connections? I may be earnestly praying for a situation, and the answer comes through Nicole or Sharon or Sister Angela. We are connected, brothers and sisters. We are connected The answer may in the assembly, the spirit of God came on Jehaziel and the answer came through that person. God, Jesus, when he was here, gave us ample example for that. He had friends. He had disciples. When he was in Gethsemane and he went to pray, he brought his disciples with him and he said, what did he say? Could you not watch with me? Just watch with me while I pray. He's human. In his human sense, he realized the strength and support that we can get from each other is a value. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves and a gathering with fellow believers. Stay with people who are people of prayer. We meet every third Sunday morning and we pray cultivate and strengthen these relationships and it deepens your intimacy with God. There's a song that I love dearly. I need the prayers of those I love. Amen. Depend on the strength of the Lord. He says, listen, all you people of Judah, do not be afraid or discouraged The next thing he says is in verse 17, take your positions, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. Amen. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. Now, all of this is fine, but the question is, do you believe? Do you have faith in God? Now, you cannot just rattle off, you know, dear God, um, you know, bless my, my marriage is having problems. You have to have that solid faith that the God that you serve, that the God that you're praying to is able, is capable, and will actually intervene. Have faith in God. Faith comes. I say, build your faith before a crisis comes. Why do I say that? When you're in the middle of a chaos, of a storm, it's hard to build a foundation at that time. You, you, you're, you're in a chaotic situation. Seize the moment now is my plea For me, for you, seize the moment now. Now that we are in relative calm, we can drive to church and we can fellowship together. Seize the moment now to spend time in the word, spend time in prayer, memorizing scripture, speaking to each other often about the goodness of God, about the victories that God has, Um, brought in your life and build your faith in God another thing that may seem counterintuitive is praise God in the middle of the crises now who does that everything is chaos and you are singing praise God in the middle of the crises now if you look at verse verse 22 i love that verse dearly but i'll start with 21 after consulting the people the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army so i say to my wonderful praise praise team Here that you will be walking ahead of the army. Amen. You will be walking ahead of the army. And this is what they sang. They sang, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And 22, verse 22 is golden because what it says... At the very moment, they began to praise and to sing and to give God the glory. What happened? The Lord brought victory. The Lord caused the armies, your enemies, your challenges, your crises to collide on each other and to bring victory. Isn't that awesome? Amen. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Hallelujah. He didn't have to put on a shield. He didn't have to use a spear. He didn't have to lift a a, a rifle or a gun. He had to just praise God. And in that moment, victory. So don't discount your singing don't discount your praise because God is working for you. Whether you feel it, whether you hear it, you believe God is working. We know that song. (laughs) Then we move on now. So they have destroyed one another. And verse 25, King Jehoshaphat and his men Went out, and what do they see? Dead bodies, and a large or a vast amount of plunder of equipment, of clothing, of all sorts more than they could carry. And it said, Imagine it took them not one, not two, but three days to collect that plunder 3 days and it's not one person it's a team 3 days to collect what was there on the 4th day what does what do they do on the 4th day they blessed the lord on the 4th day they gathered in the valley of blessing which got its name because the people Praised and thanked the Lord there. And the Bible says it is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Now when God has one or, um, a, or challenges for us. It may not mean that you become materially wealthy. But the blessings come through a rich intimate experience and a rich intimate relationship with God because you realize I just prayed and God resolved my tumor. It's gone. I go back to the doctor and my tumor is gone and it, it humans could not have done it. It was done through prayer. Now I did mention that in some of our issues Um, The medical team will refer to some things as idiopathic, which means they cannot at this time determine what is causing it. But God who knew you before you were born, who knitted your body together, knows exactly what is going on inside you. Pray to God for your challenges. Now God directs us to proclaim, proclaim God's goodness to each other. Be joyful in the Lord. Verse 27 says, then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them overjoyed. They were overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. That is the joy that I want you to have this morning. The joy that knowing you have a God in your life. The joy of knowing that you're not alone in your challenges. The joy of knowing that whatever situation that you're going through, you have a God in heaven who cares. Who cares? When this happens, proclaim the victory to each other. We have the story of the 10 lepers in the Bible where Jesus healed all 10 of them. Yet only one returned to give thanks. I say, tell your testimonies to each other. Tell your stories of victory and goodness of God to each other. When God has blessed you, proclaim it. And let others know how God has been good to you. Now, in truth telling, I can say, uh, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Now, this is not a sad story. It's a story of victory. Because God led me through that journey. He led, he cradled me and led me through that painful tunnel. And today I can stand before you and I say, there are some things that we must take responsibility for or health screenings, health screenings, vitally important. As a healthcare professional, I would, that I would definitely encourage, be Be very careful and mindful of your health because it is a treasure. But God is the victory. God gives the victory. And I can stand here and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God gives the victory. And when God gives the victory, he takes us on a journey. And I will tell you a little part about this journey. He took me on the journey through, you know, as Adventists, we believe in vegetarian health. We have a health uh, platform. And we believe in um, plant-based diet and so on. But I will tell you that this has also been embraced in the healthcare system, in the hospital system, in, in the, so we're not alone holding on to this um, plant-based concept. So the hospital sent me to, of all places, and I can really, the particular supermarket that has a teaching school. It's Publix, aprons. And that's where they send their patients to, to teach them how to eat plant-based so you see, God takes you on a journey through on the path to victory. Another thing you get introduced to is um, integrative medicine. Integrative medicine. So you learn that the, um, the herbs that you put in your food, the medicinal properties in them. So science has embraced the plant-based concept. They have embraced and they do a lot of research. If you go on your research sites, Johns Hopkins and so on, you'll see a lot of health, wealthy resource that you can follow and you can know which ones have been really researched and you can use. But God took me through that journey and today I stand here and I proclaim my victory and I say thank you Jesus and I encourage you as well. When you have gone through this journey, stay faithful to the Lord. Stay faithful to the Lord. Jehoshaphat was described in the Bible as he followed the ways of his father Asa. And he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He remained faithful. When you see that God has healed you. He's given you the victory of your enemies. He's given you the victory of your challenges. He solved your financial issues. He's healed your son. I have a sister here that has a wonderful, wonderful testimony. Of a son where the doctor told him he only had a few months to live. Three months to live. And what happened? She prayed. She came here. She was in the woman ministry prayer group. And she prayed and she prayed. And today he, he there was even a threat that he would be amputated. His legs would be, would be. And today he's walking. Praise God. Let us praise God with her. Let us praise God with her. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is testimony, guys, of our, within our connections, within our community, that God works. God works. Amen. Thank you so much for that. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters, when God has healed you, Praise him. When God has forgiven you, believe him. When he has saved your children from all sorts of things, sing hallelujah. When God has restored your health, your marriages, your finances, and the health of your family members, come back and say, thank you, God. When you leave here today, leave your burdens with God. Many of us are carrying burdens that belong to God the battle is not ours i say today is a day of salvation we do not care what has happened god does not care what has happened in the past god when nicodemus met jesus and he says can a man be born again god Translated that for him. I say to you whatever experiences you've had. Today literally step into your salvation. Step into the gift of life. Why should you die? Step into your salvation. Hold tightly to God like your very life depends on it. Because it does. When God has healed you. Saved you and restored you. Say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, God! Thank you. Amen. Let us come and let us praise God in prayer. I believe fervently that God is coming and that His coming is near. So when I say today is your day of salvation, I mean it. We need to put a line in the sand, and we must say, "Yesterday's gone. What I have is now." Step into your salvation. Step into your 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 redemption. God is real. And they said the last movements are rapid ones. So brothers and sisters, do not neglect the tugging on your hearts when God comes to you and he says, today is the day of salvation. So this morning we're going to pray, cast all your burdens on the Lord. When you come from a hard week of troubles and trials and difficulties and sorrows and challenges, Kneel before the Lord this morning and say, God, I cast these burdens to you. I have no power, nor do I know what to do, but we look to God. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, bow your heads with me, please. Let us say, gracious heavenly Lord, we, your children, are gathered here this morning bringing all our cares or worries or challenges or crises on you. We lift up the sister this morning that had that accident and we pray for her healing. But as we journey from the temple this morning we pray that your blessing that that tongue of fire will fall on each one of us individually and that today will be a day of salvation today God has come to your house today God has come to your heart and to your life May we all be saved when you come again, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's 7-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.